1: Hello, and welcome back to Everything You Wanted to Know About Physics, a new kind of podcast from the team behind BBC Science Focus magazine. I'm Dan Bennett, the magazine's editor, and today we're back answering Google's most popular search queries about physics with Professor Jim Al-Khalili. In this episode, we're talking about energy, More specifically, Jim's going to talk us through the laws of thermodynamics and explain how they provide the arrow of time and what they tell us about the universe and how it's all going to end. Surprisingly, this was quite high up on Google search ranking, actually, because it's something I obviously studied at uh, college, um, but then didn't really talk about it much until I got into this job at... uh, at the magazine. So can you tell me what is thermodynamics and and why does it matter how hot things are?
0: Yeah, thermodynamics is sort of the the poor relation of some of the other big areas of physics. So, you know, uh, relativity theory and cosmology, particle physics, quantum mechanics, they're sort of sexier areas. Um, Thermodynamics doesn't sound as 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 exciting but in fact i think increasingly we're realizing that um it's playing a vital role in understanding you know trying to unify all our our um, um phenomena and ideas and theories in physics thermodynamics is essentially the theory that describes um heat and energy transfer uh, and the way objects behave on this large macro scale, so it's not quantum mechanics, it's not down at the particle level, it tends not to be at the cosmological scales, but it's the the everyday scales. And thermodynamics, I think, plays a very important role, particularly, potentially, fundamentally, in terms of understanding the nature of time itself. Okay.
1: And so
0: thermodynamics has
1: its own set of laws. Um, Could you... This is a big ask, but could you try and explain the laws uh, to the to a lay person?
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, so thermodynamics was developed in the late nineteenth century. Uh, people like Ludwig Boltzmann, I, um, um, Max Planck, and, and James Clerk Maxwell helped develop it, and it's and it's linked with um, another area called statistical mechanics. Uh, uh, which we learn at school in physics in something called kinetic theory, you know, d- understanding the nature of pressure and temperature in terms of particles and molecules bouncing about. But essentially thermodynamics, as I said, is about energy. Uh, and so there are four laws. The, the, the first law is one of the most important in science it's the law of conservation of energy. So it means that you can change energy from one form to another, um, but you never lose energy. It, it's, it's always uh, um, uh, conserved. The, the total amount of energy in a system is conserved. Um, the second law, which in, in, a, in a sense has, has sort of become even more famous. The second law of thermodynamics is something that people may have heard the phrase, even if they don't know what it is, but it's what it says is that systems inevitably unwind. They, they wear out. They run out of steam. You, you cannot maintain 100% efficiency. And the way we, we measure this wearing out, running down, is through a quantity called entropy. So the second law says that in any enclosed system, entropy inevitably increases. You know, your, your kid's bedroom inevitably gets more untidy over time. Uh, that's entropy increasing a tidy bedroom has low entropy an untidy messy bedroom has high entropy um and unless you do something to to change it so you sort of intervene to tidy up the bedroom for example then you can't stop this inexorable increase in entropy and the whole universe uh, ha- has an entropy associated with it which is also increasing the third law uh says that um That's a bit more sort of um, obscure, but it says that entropy uh, gets less as you drop the temperature. So entropy goes down as a system gets colder and colder. And entropy goes to zero when the temperature is zero, which is sort of an interesting, you know, when everything is slowed down, down at the tiniest level, dropping temperature means Calming things down when everything is not moving at all at zero, absolute zero degrees, the, uh, the third law says entropy is zero. And then it was discovered that there was a, a fourth law that should have been put in, but actually it's a law that the others rely on. So rather than call it the fourth law of thermodynamics, it, it became known as the zeroth law of thermodynamics. And that is a really sort of basic one based on logic. And all it says is that um, it defines essentially the concept of temperature. Uh, It says, you know, if body A is uh, in in, uh, thermal equilibrium with body B, and it's also in thermal equilibrium with body C, then B and C will also be in thermal equilibrium, which is another way of saying the same temperature. So we needed the zeroth law to define what temperature is in order to make sense of the other three laws.
1: Okay, and so we talked a lot about temperature, and that is, I suppose, a rough way of... Um, describing energy is precisely I suppose mm, um, yes. so when we talk about temperature we don't just mean heat and when we talk about heat we don't just mean heat we we mean how much energy something has
0: is that correct that's right heat heat is is a form of energy um, uh, and you can measure heats you know the amount of heat the amount of energy in in different ways one way of measuring uh, it, it and the way it uh, will sort of uh, exchange its energy uh, a system will exchange its energy through heat with another body is is in terms of what its temperature is ultimately temperature is down to how quickly the the, the atoms and molecules of a body are actually jiggling and vibrating about the more they, they they move about the faster they move the higher the temperature is
1: okay so so this this um these laws sort of uh get you know, help us to make predictions about energy. So I suppose that a rather simple question, but actually is a lot more complicated than it sounds. What is energy? When we talk about energy, there's lots of different types. Um, what what is it exactly?
0: Yes, and energy—it's you know, one of those concepts, um, um, you know—a word that we all think we know the meaning of. Actually, it's it's quite a slippery concept in, in 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 physics. We think we understand what energy is intuitively. So, you know, I might say I feel low on energy this morning um, if I'm if I'm tired or hungry or not feeling very well. Um, if you're fit and well, you might feel energetic. Uh, And enough to to, to go to the gym. Um, uh, So we just mean we have that capacity to do stuff. we got some oomph. Sometimes people use energy in a very unscientific way, which, you know, is, is in a sense quite silly. You know, they will use phrases like, oh, I felt the positive energy when I entered this room you know, nonsense. nonsense. Or or you're giving off a lot of negative energy. (laughs) No, I mean, there is a concept called negative energy in physics, but that is not what these people mean. So there is really no such thing. But in physics, energy is essentially the capacity to do work. The more energy something has, the more able it is to do something, whether that doing means moving about, Um, um, moving other objects around from one place to another. It might mean heating up. You know, if it's got a lot of heat, that means it's got a lot of energy. Um, A battery has energy in the sense that it has potential to to do work when you sort of connect it up to a circuit. It can do stuff, run an electronic um, device. So energy comes in all these different forms, energy of motion, gravitational energy. Light is energy. And at the quantum level, down at the tiniest scale, uh, energy really is, is uh, um, composed of particles. So particles of energy, like the photon, the energy of, uh, of the electromagnetic field. Uh, so all sorts of ways of describing energy. Uh, and then Einstein comes along and says, energy and mass are interchangeable. So, and so mass is like frozen energy. You can convert energy into matter. You can convert matter into energy. And we know we do this now in, in, in experiments. Uh, and so um, energy also have a has a gravitational field. You know, something with lots of energy will also have gr- a, a gravitational sort of attraction to it. It can pull stuff to it like matter can pull stuff to it. So there, that's that's a, a rather sort of convoluted way of trying to get across the concept of energy. <laughs>
1: I think that was pretty good for such a such a massive field in <laughs> uh, a couple of minutes. Um, and so you you touched on it there and you touched on it there a little bit before. So um, we have the key idea there of energy and then a very important context, concept um, that I think you get across really interestingly uh, in your book. And um, again, with entropy, uh, it's quite highly searched for as well. Um, so could you just you know go back and take a moment to explain the idea
0: of entropy? So um, entropy, uh, it's even more um, slippery a concept than, than energy, in fact. But so at a very basic level, I would say entropy is a measure of how disordered a system is. So I, I, I use the example of, of uh, um, a, a, a child's um, uh, bedroom, for example, how, how untidy it is as a measure of its, its entropy. Um, but another example is a pack of cards. A neatly ordered pack of cards into all, all, uh, all the different suits and, and the num- and numbers running in, in, uh, in order is highly ordered, therefore low entropy. As you shuffle a pack of cards, you increase the entropy. Um, similarly, as an object loses energy, if you, know, you put a ball on top of a hill, it has potential energy, so the potential to do work. We talk about it as also as having lower entropy. So entropy is again it's a measure of the ability of something to do to do work. So a ball rolling down the hill increases its entropy, loses the capacity to do useful work. Um, entropy is now we're dis- discovering that actually might play a very fundamental role in helping us unify the laws of physics. So there are different kinds of entropy. One of the areas of research that I'm interested in at the moment in, in quantum mechanics, in particular an area called open quantum systems, which uh, describes how a quantum system, like a particle, interacts with its surroundings, there are definitions of entropy uh, involved there. So we talk about something called Shannon entropy or von Neumann entropy. So entropy it doesn't just have one definition. It's it's one of those sort of umbrella, uh, sort of all encompassing concepts that means different things, depending on what you're looking at.
1: And you touched on it there, that entropy uh, happens in one direction. So we go from ordered to disordered. Um, what, do we, do we know why that is the case?
0: We don't know why that is the case. Well, it's, I don't know why that is the case. Maybe some other people do, uh, you know, who've <laughs> thought more deeply about this than me. But this is the se- this is the second law of thermodynamics. And the second law of thermodynamics says entropy always increases. And it's a fundamental law of nature. Uh, in a sense, it's down to, I guess, statistics and probability. Imagine you have a, um, a, a box... Uh, that's partitioned into two halves. In one half, you've got um, lots of hot air, and the other half, you've got cold air. So the hot air um, uh, has particles, molecules moving around very quickly. If you open a hole in the box and allow the particles to move backwards and forwards, inevitably, they're going to start to mix. So the hot molecules will will move towards the the, the cold side, and the cold molecules move towards the hot side. And so it'll gradually reach thermal equilibrium on the on the on the entropy you know the second law of thermodynamics way of explaining it we say it started off in lower entropy because it was highly ordered divided up into hot and cold sections but inevitably it's statistically inevitable that it will mix so it's much more likely and same with shuffling a pack of cards it's much more likely as you shuffle a pack of cards it will get more disordered than become ordered again so the direction of entropy and hence the direction of time itself is really down to statistical inevitability but the f- the lovely thing is of course it gives a direction to time from past to future which the other laws of physics don't do quantum mechanics doesn't give us a past or a future you can you can run the um, the equations of quantum mechanics forwards or backwards and it doesn't make any difference the second law tells us there's a past and a future and we think that has a very fundamental role to play in unifying the laws of nature
1: so so can you elaborate on that a little can you tell me uh, how how en- entropy gives us uh, a direction uh, for the arrow of time and what that tells us or could um could hint at for uh, a unification theory uh, for physics
0: Yes, the, the, um, the traditional way of talking about unifying the laws of physics and, and, and uh, finding a theory of everything, you know, the equation that you can wear on your t-shirt, normally talks about unifying quantum mechanics and general relativity. So quantum mechanics, the theory of the very small, and general relativity, Einstein's theory of, of the very large, and gravity. We think of it as unifying the forces of nature, whereas re- where relativity describes the force of gravity and quantum mechanics can account for and explain the other three of the four forces of nature. But we tend not to use uh, to to call upon thermodynamics and the second law and entropy in helping us with this unifying quest. I think my 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 hunch is that we're going to need to bring thermodynamics into the fold as well, if we ever go, are going to have a hope of unifying the laws of nature. And, and the nicest example as to why it's important is because of how it defines time. So, you know, we know so much about the universe and the workings of the, the laws of physics, but we still, still don't really understand the nature of time. We have um, relativity theory, which tells us time is the fourth dimension, it's a, it's a dimension you know it's it's a, a, you know like dimensions of space we have quantum mechanics that tells us time is is a number a parameter it's something you stick into your equation of equations of quantum mechanics schrodinger's equation as it's known uh to uh, say if i know the state of a system now i can crank the handle and work out what the states will be at some future time. But could equally crank the handle backwards and work out what it was in the past. So time goes backwards and forwards. It's just a number you plug in. Then you have thermodynamics, which says, no, time isn't a dimension, it isn't a number, it's an arrow. It points from the past to the future. So these are three very different ways of looking at the meaning of time. And if we are going to have any hope of unifying the laws of physics, we need to bring together these three concepts of time. So that's why I think thermodynamics and entropy and the second law uh, are fundamental in our understanding, our deep understanding of physics. Right.
1: And so, um, with entropy, what does what does it tell us, perhaps, about our future? Um, not not mine and your future, um, but the, the the future of the universe.
0: The very distant future of the universe. Well, of course, we have no reason to to doubt that the second law will continue to apply uh, throughout the, the the history of the universe and throughout into the future of the universe. And so entropy, we would think, will continue inexorably to increase. And we're talking not just, you know, a million years from now, a billion years, but maybe trillions of years from, from now. Of course, it depends on... Um, <sighs> The nature of dark energy, if we, you know, if we fully understand it, because it's causing the universe to expand ever more rapidly. But if dark energy is here to stay uh, and the universe continues to expand, entropy will continue to increase. The, the universe will become more and more disordered. The, 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 the issue, of course, is that um, as the universe expands, it gets cooler, uh, and gets colder. And, and there's that third law of thermodino- uh, uh, um, thermodynamics that tells us that, you know, if as temperature approaches zero entropy approaches zero, but at the same time, we have the second law telling us that in the distant future of the universe, entropy will increase. Um, of course, the reason, uh, that, 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 there is no conflict between those is that the universe will increase to as near as damn it, infinite size. If it keeps on, uh, expanding, um, of course stars and galaxies and planets and certainly all life will gradually decay will gradually fragment disintegrate matter may f- may collapse into black holes which will slowly evaporate away in the end nothing will be left we think other than just an an infinite ocean of photons thermal energy just particles of light just blowing around in empty space. And, and it would be a system which we would, we would, in thermodynamics we would call the universe therm- it being in thermal equilibrium, which just means it's maximised its entropy. It's no good for anything. It has no information content. It just looks bleh, you know, everywhere in the universe. So often this is what we also call the heat death of the universe, Very a very boring end where nothing can survive. There you go. I've cheered you up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But better than now, I suppose. Um, so that brings me on quite nicely uh, to something. I asked my team if they had any questions for you. And all the physics grads uh, had this one, strangely, <laughs> uh, which I think I understand what they're getting at. But um, maybe you'll tell me, which is where, where do all the photons go? So I think by that they mean that, you know, we see all this light. Which uh, you know is is made up of photons, and they bounce around, and as you as as we talked about the laws of thermodynamics, um, they they stick around somewhere. So where where does it all go?
0: Do Do you mean where does it all go at the end of time? <laughs>
1: um, I suppose from now until then. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think they mean from now until then.
0: Well. Um... One of the one of the difficulties in conceptualizing uh, photons that, you know, uh, lose energy is that a photon is a is a is a particle is you know, we think of it as a lump, a discrete little dot in, 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 in space. But if it's behaving like a wave, then it's also spread out. And as a photon travels through empty space and space is expanding, its wavelength increases. So, you can't talk about a photon being in one place. It's it's a wave, it's stretched. Um, It's a really difficult concept. It's it's, uh, to imagine a photon, to talk about a photon having a definite colour. Well, that is actually wrong in physics because colour is associated with the frequency or the wavelength of the light. Uh, which is a wave-like property. So if it's a spread-out wave, it can't also be a point particle at the same time. This is Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, in a sense. Um, And so as the universe expands and light travels around, light always travels at the same speed, the speed of light, but we, we have to stop thinking about photons as tiny little point particles zipping around in empty space and bumping into each other as the universe expands and, 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 uh, and cools ever further, the light becomes stretched to longer and longer and longer wavelengths. Uh, and so it's, you know, if something has a wavelength of, of I don't know, a kilometre <laughs> uh, between two crests, you can't talk about it as being a, a tiny quantum particle at a little point in time. So, so it's, it's almost impossible to try and visualise, have those two pictures of what photons are, are, are like at the same time, both particle and wave.
1: Oh, so that's a great explanation. We did a lot better than uh, my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, this brings me on to just one other um, that I missed out. So uh, this is another one from the team. Um, so we have this idea of absolute zero, um, which is the the coldest uh, anything can be, which is an expression of its, it's the amount of energy it has. Um, is, is absolute zero essentially when nothing is moving? Is that, is that a fair description?
0: Yes. Absolute zero, uh, uh, temperature. If you think of temperature down at a fundamental level, uh, uh as, uh, vibrations of, of, of particles or molecules or atoms or, or the particles that make them up, then when you drop something down to getting closer and closer to absolute zero, you're calming down their motion more and more. You're slowing them down until they're not moving. Now, the the point is we can never reach absolute zero, or sort of in, the, in a similar way that we can never um, travel at the speed of light. If, if you know matter particles can't quite attain the speed of light, they can get closer and closer to it, but never quite reach there. We can get closer and closer to absolute zero, but ultimately we get down to... the the quantum scale where you can't, you can have the the lowest possible quantum of energy and you can't get below that. So there will always be some sort of quantum uh, fluctuation, quantum vibrations that is the lowest, what's called the ground state, the lowest possible energy that you can have. Uh, And you can't get below it. You can never have absolute no motion, absolute zero. There's always a little bit of fuzziness thanks to quantum mechanics.
1: Wow, brilliant. Well, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for listening to our new podcast. If you've enjoyed the last few episodes, make sure you subscribe because the next episode, we're going to talk about the biggest mysteries in physics. We'll be discussing time travel, multiple universes, antimatter and the search for a theory of everything. Also, if you can spare a minute, please do leave us a review. We love your feedback, and we want to know what subjects you want us to tackle next. And of course, if you want more primers on the big ideas in science and technology, head to our website, sciencefocus.com, or find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And if you want to dive deeper into any of the topics covered, then Professor Jim Al-Khalili's new book, The World According to Physics, published by Princeton University Press, is the perfect place to start. It's a concise introduction to the most important ideas in physics now. And Jim is a wonderfully clear writer who takes the grandest of ideas and makes them simple to understand. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Science Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling Science and Technology Monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store. This podcast has been created by the team behind BBC Science Focus magazine. If you've enjoyed listening, why not try out our magazine? In the next few issues, we've got a special report coming up on the progress towards a coronavirus vaccine, We've got a piece by Steve Broussaté, one of the world's leading paleontologists on the mammals that thrived among the dinosaurs. And we'll be taking a deep dive into the space mission that will fly a helicopter on Mars. So, if you don't want to miss out, we've got a couple of special offers for you. First off, if you're used to buying your magazines from the shops, you can get your next three issues delivered to your home without needing to set up a direct debit. And you'll still save on the shop price. Or if you're happy to set up a direct debit, we can offer you even more savings. And your first six issues will be just 9 99 Pick up what works for you by visiting www.buysubscriptions.com forward slash science spring podcast offer. That's www.buysubscriptions.com forward slash science spring podcast offer.